Welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on Isaiah's Prophecy, Chapter 60, Zion and New Jerusalem. And tonight I will be reading primarily from the Isaiah Institute's translation of Isaiah. Starting in chapter 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, your light has dawned. The glory of Jehovah has risen upon you. Now, light in this verse is a metaphor for not only the fullness of the gospel, but also the end time servant. Now, let's cross reference Isaiah 58 and verses 8 through 14. Then shall your light break for, <clears throat> then shall your light break through like the dawn and your healing speedily appear your righteousness will go before you again righteousness being in metaphor for the Lord's, Lord's end time servant and righteousness goes before salvation who is Christ and he prepares the way and the glory of Jehovah will be your rear guard then should you call Jehovah will respond. Should you cry, he will say, I am here. Indeed, if you will banish servitude from among you and the pointing finger and offensive speech, if you will give of your own to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then shall your light dawn amidst darkness and your twilight become as the noonday. DNC 101. Verse 55. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants. We know from DNC 101 or 103 and 105 that this is the reversal of circumstances. The church having been rejected with our dead. The end time servant returns to finish the restoration. And gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle aged also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, whom I have appointed, um, save those whom I have appointed to tarry. Verse 64, that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places, for the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. And this is the same time as prophesied in DNC 45. Verse 28, and when the time of the Gentiles is come in. Now the time of the Gentiles coming in is the same time as prophesied in DNC 101.55 with the return of the servant, not yet on the scene, but to gather in the background the servants in preparation for the spiritual gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house in preparation for the physical gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house to be conducted by the servant. And this working behind the scenes to gather the initial servants and to also open again the heavens is the 
time of the Gentiles coming in. This is when the light breaks forth, and it has already commenced. For it is possible again, through offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. A light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not. For they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. And in this generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now it's in this span between the time of the Gentiles, or the day of the Gentiles coming in, and the day of the Gentiles being over, that the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints and among the various restoration branches those who will receive the fullness of the gospel are first gathered spiritually. And once we go into physical bondage, on the eve of destruction, the end time servant shows up on the scene to deliver us out of physical bondage. And this is the day that the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And directly thereafter, the abomination of desolation prophesied by Christ that should be among us in the last days will commence first among the Latter-day Saints and then extending to the entire world. Verse 31, and there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved, but among the wicked men shall lift up their voices, curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations. Yet men will harden their hearts against me, and they will take up the sword one against another, and they will kill one another. Back to Isaiah 58. Verse 9. Then should you call. Jehovah will respond. Well, when will Jehovah respond when we call? That's the day that the time of the Gentiles is come in, when God's people will again enter into the new and everlasting covenant. And they will inquire at his hand, Heavenly Father, what do you require of me to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that I might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? At that day, the day in which we now live, when God's people inquire what is required of them, he will reveal it to them and write his law in their hearts. And if they will be obedient, if we will be obedient to the revelation that God will give us, we will be instructed in everything required to become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is what sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people, preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which is more than to see Christ in vision, which is more than to have Christ come down here and visit us like he did to the 12 apostles and like he did to the Nephites. It is to have an ascension experience. And after we have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, if we will continue, to feast upon the words of Christ, 
meaning to seek after, receive, and act on revelation, we will be instructed about what is required on our part to part the veil and enter into the Lord's rest. Then should you call, Jehovah will respond. Should you cry, he will say, I am here. Indeed, if you will banish servitude from among you and the pointing finger and offensive speech. For God wants to remake us in his image. And when we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, he will endow us with charity that we might feel after our brothers and sisters more like Christ does. That we might wear out our life in seeking to persuade them to come unto Christ and to enter into covenant with him. Then shall your light dawn amid darkness and your twilight become as noonday. Jehovah will direct you continually. He will satisfy your needs in the earth and bring vigor to your limbs, and you will become like a well-watered garden, like a spring of unfailing waters. This has direct reference to the end-time exodus. Jehovah will direct you continually. DNC 103. Verse 15. Behold, I see unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them as Moses led the children of Israel. So God raises up the end time servant to lead his people. And thus Jehovah will direct us continually. Both to the end time servant and also through direct revelation. And it is going to require both. Because none of us who are not the end time servant are, none of us qualify to receive that level of revelation that he is entitled to receive. And so it is required for us to take the Holy Spirit as our guide. Therefore, we find the truth and are not deceived. And it is also required of us that we be able to discern a true from a false servant. Because God will lead us and rescue us and save us both by the revelation that he puts into our hearts and by that revelation which he will give the end-time servant. And we will have to receive both if we want to survive. And those who will not receive the end-time servant will not receive Jesus Christ. And for many, it is an issue of pride. They are unwilling to receive the word of a true prophet, a true seer, and a true revelator, and thus they reject their Lord and their God. Jehovah will direct you continually, Isaiah 58, 11. He will satisfy your needs in the earth, in the dearth. For the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, will bring the state, the world into a state of barrenness and destruction. And, you know, oftentimes people you know, ask, 
well, what am I going to need to bring with me on the exodus? Um, if there is anything that is needed to be taken on the exodus, the spirit will instruct you. Um, but the physical preparations that we make are mainly to get us through the time when we go into physical bondage and the eve of destruction, at which time the end time servant shows up and leads us out of bondage. And from that point on, if we were true and faithful to our God, he will provide for our needs and he will miraculously provide food and clothing and shelter for us and bring vigor to your limbs. Well, there are many who are sick or infirm and are not physically up to the task that is going to be required of us on the Exodus. But those who trust in God will not worry because he will make them equal to the task. He will provide them sufficient healing or regeneration that they will be able to bear the hardships that they will endure. And you will become like a well-watered garden, like a spring of unfailing waters. So as we go on the exodus, as we lose ourselves in serving others and gathering the Gentile nation to the fullness of the gospel, um, we will in turn be ministered to. And we will have our needs met and we will ascend up the spiritual scale as and in direct proportion to um, the degree that we assist others. They who came out of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations of generations ago. You shall be called a rebuilder of fallen walls, a restorer of streets for resettlement. Now, you know, God's people, when at the culmination of the Exodus, will meet up with Enoch and the return of his city, which will establish New Jerusalem. And Manasseh will be responsible to be instructed by the people in the city of Enoch, you know, how to obtain and how to use priesthood power to uh, expand the walls of the city of New Jerusalem. And men will be sent out to the four corners of the earth under the direction of Joseph Smith to finish the gathering of Israel, including to the Jews. And they will work with the Jews to separate the wheat from the tares. And at that time, they will instruct the Jews how to use priesthood power to construct a heavenly city. And old Jerusalem will be built again, a holy city. And thus, verse 12, they who came out of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations of generations ago. You shall be called a rebuilder of fallen walls, a restorer of streets for resettlement. And verse 13, if you will keep your feet from trampling the Sabbath, 
from achieving your own ends on my holy day. And consider the Sabbath a delight, a holy day of Jehovah venerable. And if you will honor it by refraining from your everyday pursuits, from occupying yourselves with your own affairs and speaking of business matters, then shall you delight in Jehovah, and I will make you traverse the heights of the earth and nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. By his mouth, Jehovah has spoken it. And the very definition of offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit is that we submit our will to fathers, that we not only submit our will to his will, but that we actively seek after it, that we knock and that we ask and that we receive instruction and that we follow instruction. And this is what it means to exercise faith, seeking after receiving and exercising um, seeking after receiving revelation and acting upon it. And as we exercise this faith, we come unto him and we qualify for the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and also to enter into his rest. Back in Isaiah 60, verse two. Although darkness covers the earth and a thick mist the peoples, upon you, Jehovah will shine. Over you, his glory shall be visible. Darkness being the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, as he goes about his work of worldwide bondage and destruction. And those who are not focused upon Jesus Christ will abandon hope and will give in to the destruction and the control of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and will qualify for destruction. But upon those who wait upon the Lord, who will not capitulate, who will be true and faithful, who will, as it says in DNC 103, verse 27 and 28, let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake. For whoso layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again. And whoso is not willing to lay down his life for my sake is not my disciple. So those who are truly Christ's disciples, who draw near to Christ with their lips and also with their hearts, upon them Jehovah will shine. Over them his glory shall be visible. Let's cross-reference Isaiah 5, verses 20 through 29. Woe to those who suppose what is evil to be good, and what is good evil. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. They make bitterness sweet and sweet bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own view. And it's a cross-reference. 2 Nephi 28. Verse 21. And others will he pacify and load them away into carnal security. That they will say, All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth. All is well, and thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. 
and verse 3. For it shall come to pass in that day that the churches which are built up and not unto the Lord, when the one shall say unto the other, Behold, I, I am the Lord's, and the other shall say, I, I am the Lord's. And thus shall everyone say that hath built up churches and not unto the Lord. And verse 6. Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. For this day, he is not a God of miracles. He hath done his work. Or in other words, we as faithful Latter-day Saints must exercise the faith not to be healed. And verse 9. Yea, and there shall be many which shall teach after this manner false and vain and foolish doctrines and shall be puffed up in their hearts and shall seek deep to hide their counsels from the Lord and their works shall be in the dark. Extolling the virtues of UN Agenda 2030. Declaring that we must be good global citizens. Declaring that the COVID-19 shot is both safe and effective. And that we should receive it. Eleven. Yea, they have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted. Because of pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine. Their churches have become corrupted. Their churches are lifted up because of pride. They are puffed up. In verses 14 through 16. They were stiff necks and high heads. Yet because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray. Save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. And Nephi is talking about the LDS church membership. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Oh, the wise and the learned and the rich, they that are puffed up in the pride of their hearts and all those who preach false doctrines. And all those who commit whoredoms and pervert the right ways of the Lord, woe, 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 be unto them, saith the Lord God Almighty, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Woe unto them that turn aside the just for a thing of naught. And revile against that which is good, and say that it is of no worth. For the day shall come that the Lord God will speedily visit the inhabitants of the earth, and at that day that they are fully ripe in iniquity, they shall perish. And then verse 20. For behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men to stir them up to anger against that which is good. And others will he pacify and load them away into carnal security. That they will say all is well in Zion. Who is he talking about if not about the Latter-day Saints? Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. Wherefore, verse 24. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, 
denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith we have received and we need no more. And in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth. Woe unto them who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. And denieth the power of God. And the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, we woe be unto him that saith we have received and we need no more. And in fine, woe be unto those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth lest he shall fall. Woe unto him that saith, we have received the word of God and we need no more the word of God for we have enough. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man or maketh flesh his arm or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Woe be unto the Gentiles. Woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Saith the Lord of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. For notwithstanding, I have sent my end-time servant to them, both in a first ministry, and then I will also send him to them in a second ministry. They will deny me. And how do they deny him? They reject the end-time servant. They reject his message, which will be the doctrine of Christ. Both in his first and second ministries. Cross-reference, DNC 84. Verse 55. Which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant in the Book of Mormon. Even the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon them. Back in 2 Nephi 28, 32. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, in the day when the time of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. If they will repent and come unto me, well, how do we come unto Christ? How do we repent? Book of Mormon prophets are constantly crying out unto the Gentiles of the end times to repent. Well, we need to actually ask Father, Heavenly Father, what do I yet have need to repent of? And receive a specific list from him of those things that haven't even occurred to us that we need to repent of. And then we need to seek his instruction about how he would have us repent. And then we need to follow that instruction. And one of the things that we need to repent of is our failure in times past to obey the commandment to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, to completely submit our will to his will. And we must realize that in so doing, 
we have deeply offended our God. And we desperately need his forgiveness for disobeying the voice of his spirit. And we need to start obeying the voice of the spirit. And if we're going to start obeying the voice of the spirit, we have to learn how to open our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. We have to learn how to receive and correctly understand revelation. And there's no substitute except for on our knees. And we have to come out of the false tradition that the spirit just speaks through nice, warm feelings. So while it is true that one of the effects of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, is a feeling of sanctification. It usually is not very comfortable because the Spirit doesn't have to tell us to do the comfortable, easy things. The Spirit has to tell us how to do the hard, difficult things. When Lehi received his baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost in 1 Nephi chapter 1, as the pillar of fire came down on the rock or his altar, and he saw what was going to befall his people. It caused him to quake and to tremble. That was not comfortable. When he received his prophetic calling to go forth and call the people to repentance. It was not a comfortable calling. It resulted in them trying to take his life. When Abinadi was told he had to go back to the people in the city of Noah. Knowing that he was probably going to his death. That was not a comfortable call from the Spirit, but it was true, and it was, in fact, a call from the Spirit. When Alma and Amulek had to stand before the people in the city of Ammonihah watching the innocent women and children being burned alive, there was nothing comfortable about that, but they were filled with the Spirit, but they had to endure the most uncomfortable and most horrendous event of their lives. And the Spirit strengthened them and helped them do the hard, difficult thing. And just as prophets of old sought the Spirit to help them do the hard, difficult thing, so must we. Continuing in 2 Nephi 28. If they will repent and come unto me, for mine arm is lengthened out. Isaiah imagery for the return of the Lord's end time servant in a second ministry. Mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. For Latter-day Saints, I have not cast you off forever, even though you rejected the fullness of my gospel. During the first ministry of Joseph, he's going to return. And you're going to have another chance. Okay, back to Isaiah 5. Woe to those, verse 20, who suppose that evil, or what is evil to be good, and what is good evil. Woe to those Latter-day Saints 
who will accept with gladness the words of men who proclaim themselves their leaders who speak not by the power or authority of the Holy Ghost, nor do they exhibit the fruit and reject and who will reject the end time servant when he comes on the scene and who will reject by anybody who has been awakened the doctrine of Christ, the understanding that we have not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is not what happened when we were, were confirmed a member of the church, that we must diligently seek after it, that we must receive it, that we must repent and return, that we must offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Woe to those who would declare that to be evil. And what is going to come forth over the pulpit next, you know, weekend to be good, or it will not teach us how to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. We will hear no examples of any general authorities giving their baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost experiences. We will hear no experiences of general authorities telling us about how they went on from there to feast upon the words of Christ and enter into the rest of the Lord. And that we as members of the church must do the same. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. They make bitterness sweet and sweet bitter. And how often do I hear members of the church proclaim, but they say such good things. How could they come from evil? because they present deception as if it were truth. They give us a false path of exaltation. They give us a false path of ascension. And thus as Nephi said, thus the devil cheateth their souls or our souls and leads us carefully down to hell. Because we have the words of the prophets laid before us and the way the doctrine of Christ is plain as outlined in the, in the Doctrine, Covenants, and Book of Mormon. And this is not the gospel that is currently being taught. They make bitterness sweet and sweet bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, who proclaim themselves to be first um, men of science, and secondly, men of God. Those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own view. Woe to those who are valiant at drinking wine and champions at mixing liquor. Now, this is metaphorical for those who engage in the spirit of delusion, presenting a false picture, proclaiming that they declare the mind and will of God when it is darkness. Woe to those who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. As a blazing fire consumes stubble, and as dry weeds wane before the flame, so shall their roots decay away, and their blossoms fly up like dust. For they have despised the law of Jehovah of hosts, and reviled the words of the Holy One of Israel. In DNC 101, 
Verse 66, while the terror shall be bound in bundles, their bands made strong that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. And JST, Matthew 21. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, this is the day of the Lord, which directly precedes the second coming. He will destroy those miserable, wicked men, the husbandmen in the vineyard. He's talking about the 15. And let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen. Who are these other husbandmen? They're the first laborers in the last kingdom who return with Joseph. Even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Well, how will these first laborers in the last kingdom, Joseph being their leader, under Christ, render unto Christ the fruits in their seasons by making known again the doctrine of Christ. What is required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the Lord's rest? And when a man or woman receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and is born again a son or daughter of Christ, this is how the fruits are rendered unto Christ in the seasons thereof. And what happens to those miserable, wicked men? Christ declares that they will be destroyed. Now we go from leadership to membership. Those who will not accept the fullness of the gospel, those who will not accept these new husbandmen in the vineyard and the fullness of the doctrine of Christ. Verse 56, and then understood they, these are Christ's 12 apostles. The parable which he spake unto them that the Gentiles or that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who will not receive the fullness of the gospel in that day when a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness. That they should be destroyed also with their leadership. A.K.A. verse 55. When the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard which is the earth and the inhabitants thereof. And again, that's not talking about literally that 24-hour period when he comes in his glory, but the day of the Lord, which precedes his coming where the work of the destruction commences. When the abomination of desolation prophesied by Jesus Christ that would occur in the last days, starting among his own people, among Latter-day Saints, and would extend from the Latter-day Saints to the entire earth. DNC 112. Verse 24. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth. My house being the membership of the church. First among those among you, saith the Lord, that have professed to know my name, and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. These are the same as Christ declares to be the husbandman in the vineyard when the new husbandman show up on the scene. And... DNC 88 speaking about this. And the end time abomination of desolation. 
verse 80, that ye, who are the ye? Verse 74, the first labors in the last kingdom, return with Joseph. That ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again, i.e. a second ministry. To magnify the callings whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Behold, I sent you out to testify and to warn the people. And it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Verse 84. To go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. As many as the mouth of the Lord shall name. To prepare the saints for the hour of judgment which is to come. That their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination, which awaits the wicked both in this world and in the world to come. Continuing in Isaiah 5. Verse 24. As a blazing fire consumes stubble, and as dry weeds wane before the flame, so shall their roots decay away and their blossoms fly up like dust. For they have despised the law of Jehovah of hosts and reviled the words of the Holy One of Israel, even if with their lips they proclaim who to be his prophets, seers, and revelators. Therefore, the anger of Jehovah is kindled against his people. He draws back his hand against them and strikes them. The mountains quake and their corpses lie like litter about the streets. Yet for all this, his anger is not abated. His hand is upraised still. He raises an ensign to a distant nations and summons them from beyond the horizon. Forthwith they come swiftly and speedily. Or in other words, after the separation of wheat and tares has taken place among the Lord's people, among the Latter-day Saints, among the people of the restoration branches. And the end time exodus commences, then the fullness of the gospel will go forth to the rest of the earth and the faithful among the rest of the earth will be gathered out by the laborers who are among his people who receive the fullness of the gospel. And Isaiah 26. Starting in verse 10. Though favor be shown the wicked, they will not learn righteousness. Or, as Nephi told us in 2 Nephi 28, although the Lord will be merciful unto the Latter-day Saints and extend his servant to them with the fullness of the gospel, yet they will reject it. But he will be merciful to all those who will accept it. Though favor be shown to the wicked, they will not learn righteousness or they will not receive the fullness of the gospel as delivered to them through the Lord's end time servant. In a land of uprightness, they remain perverse and see not the glory of Jehovah. Oh, Jehovah, your hand is lifted up. But they perceive it not. This hand being lifted up is the Lord's end time servant declaring the doctrine of Christ. Let them perceive with dismay your zeal for your people when the fire prepared for your enemies consumes them. The destructive fire is the destruction wreaked out by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. O Jehovah, you bring about our peace. Even all that we have accomplished, you have done for us. 
O Jehovah our God, lords other than you have ruled over us, but you alone we recall by name. They are dead to live no more, spirits who will not rise up. You appoint them to destruction, wiping out all recollection of them. You have enlarged the nation of Jehovah, and by enlarging it, gain glory for yourself and have withdrawn all borders in the earth. O Jehovah, in their distress, they remembered you. They poured out silent prayers when your chastisements were upon them. As a woman about to give birth cries out from her pangs during labor, so were we at your presence, O Jehovah. We were with child. We have been in labor, but have brought forth only wind. We have not wrought salvation in the earth that the inhabitants of the world might not fall. So there will be some among the inhabitants of the earth. While they qualify for deliverance from destruction, do, will not qualify for deliverance from bondage. And will require that they go um, through the full destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, before they will finally humble themselves, repent, and return. And so... Isaiah says this is about 9% of the world's population. About 1% will sufficiently humble themselves that they might qualify for the exodus. And the 9% who will also survive will have to go through the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, so that they might be saved at the last day. And Isaiah 26. Um, Isaiah 59. Verses 9 through 14. Therefore, redress remains far from us, and righteousness is unable to reach us. We look for light, but there prevails darkness, for a glimmer of hope, but we walk amid gloom. Now, again, First, talking about the Latter-day Saints, who believe that they are God's covenant people, who do their genealogy, who attend the temple, and are fulfilling their church callings, but will not exercise a modicum of discernment to see the darkness which has been right before their eyes, and they reject the light which is extended to them. We grope along the borders like the blind. We flounder like those without eyes. We stumble at noon as in the dark of night. In the prime of life, we resemble the dead. We grumble like bears, all of us. We moan incessantly like doves. We expect justice when there is none. We look for salvation or Christ, but it eludes us. For our transgressions before you have multiplied, our sins testify against us. Our offenses are evident. We perceive our iniquities. Willfully denying Jehovah, backing away from following our God, perversely planning ways of extortion, conceiving in the mind, and pondering illicit transactions. And so redress is compelled to back away and righteousness to stand at a distance. Truth stumbles in the public place and uprightness cannot enter. Or in other words, where God's people could have been delivered from bondage and from destruction, they would not. 
and they're in a state of dismay. How could God's covenant people be destroyed and not be delivered? It's because they were blind and would not see. It's because they were deaf and would not hear. They would reject their God and they would accept the words of lying and deceiving men who set at not the counsel of God and profane God in the midst of his house, proclaiming that they have power and authority to act for him, knowing full well they do not, and the people don't check, and thus both are destroyed. Willfully denying Jehovah, verse 13, backing away from following our God, perversely planning ways of extortion, conceiving in the mind, and pondering illicit transactions. And so redress is compelled to back away, or the saving power of the end-time servant, and righteousness, the end-time servant to stand at a distance, to stumbles in a public place, and uprightness cannot enter. Otherwise, they could have been rescued and saved both physically and spiritually, but they would not. DNC 103. But those who will accept the fullness of the gospel of God's people, those who will receive the light that shineth in darkness. Verse 15, behold, I say unto you that the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. Or in other words, Zion is redeemed before the second coming of Jesus Christ in the same manner that Israel was delivered out of Egypt, and that is by a servant on an exodus. For ye are the children of Israel and the seed of Abraham, and ye must need be led out of bondage by power, i.e. the Lord's end-time servant. And with a stretched out arm, i.e. the Lord's end time servant. And as your fathers were led at first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be another reference that the redemption of Zion in the last days will be through an end time exodus. Therefore, let not your hearts faint, for I say not unto you as I said unto your fathers, mine angels shall go up before you, but not my presence. For we read in DNC 84, that the children of Israel on the Exodus, that Moses sought diligently to work with them, to teach them the doctrine of Christ, to get them to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus become sons and daughters of Christ, and then have access to that level of revelation, to be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into the Lord's rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory. DNC 84, verse 23, now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel, what the doctrine of Christ and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Will that be said of us? For we have the fullness of the gospel before us. Will we harden our hearts or will we soften them? Therefore, the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. For this was the opportunity of the children of Israel, but they rejected it. This was the opportunity of the Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith in his first ministry, but they rejected it. And this is our opportunity today. Will we reject it? Or will we finally learn our lesson and humble ourselves 
and receive the baptism of fire, baptism like ghost, and then enter into the rest of the Lord. Back to DNC 103. Therefore, verse 19, let not your hearts faint, for I say not unto you as I said unto your fathers. And why does he say it not unto those on the end time exodus? Because there is a higher level of qualification for those on the end time exodus than on Moses' exodus. For Moses' exodus, all you had to be was a member of the house of Israel and willing to come out of Egypt. It won't be so easy for the end time exodus. For what is required is the very thing that the children of Israel rejected, even the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and a willingness to do anything required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is it okay if you haven't yet received it by the time the exodus starts? Yes. As long as you're willing to enter into the covenant, not only with your lips, but also your hearts. Mine angel, mine angel being Moses, a king and a priest unto the Most High God, sent there to bring them into the rest of the Lord, but they would not. Shall go up before you, but not my presence. Verily, verily, but I say unto you, verse 20, mine angels, plural, i.e. kings and priests, Joseph Smith Jr. and 144,000, shall go up before you and also my presence, because the 144,000 are going to be ministering to those on the end time exodus who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, who will continue to feast upon the words of Christ to help them in the ascension process and enter into the Lord's rest while on the exodus that they might qualify to enter into the gates of New Jerusalem once it is established. And in time he shall possess the goodly land, which is New Jerusalem. DNC 88. Verses 67 and 68. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore sanctify yourselves that your minds become single to God. And the days will come that you shall see him, for he will unveil his face unto you. And it shall be in his own time, and in his own way, and according to his own will. Isaiah 42. Starting in verse 6. I, Jehovah, have rightfully called you, and I will grasp you by the hand. Well, who is the you that Isaiah is talking about? Well, he's talking about the Lord's end-time servant. And all of those who receive the message of the end-time servant will have the opportunity to ascend as the end-time servant has. He's rightfully called the end-time servant and will grasp him by the hand. This is an ascension motif. This is Joseph being sealed to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood. And thus being given power to command the elements. 
And this is why he can lead an end time exodus. And this is why the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and the forces of the entire earth will not be able to destroy him or the people who receive his counsel. I, Jehovah, have rightly called you and will grasp you by the right hand. I have created you and appointed you to be a covenant for the people or to restore the covenant to the people, the new and everlasting covenant. DNC 22. Behold, I say unto you, verse 1, that all old covenants have a cause to be done away in this thing. And this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. Wherefore, although a man should be baptized a hundred times, it availeth him nothing. For you cannot enter into the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by your dead works. For it is because of your dead works that I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up unto me, even as in the days of old. Wherefore, enter ye in at the gate. What is entering into the gate? Second Nephi 31, repentance. Baptism by water by the Melchizedek priesthood. Offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is entering into the gate. It is the full baptismal covenant. Verse 6, Isaiah 42. I, Jehovah, have rightfully called you, and I will grasp you by the hand. I have created you and appointed you to be a covenant to the people, or to restore the covenant to the people. A light to the nations, to open eyes that are blind to free captives from confinement and from prison those who sit in darkness. Again, DNC 45. And when the times, verse 28, of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, for they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. Verse 7 in Isaiah 42, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from confinement and from prison, those who sit in darkness. I am Jehovah, that is my name. I will not relinquish my glory to another nor my praise to rot idols. And verses 13 through 16. Jehovah will come forth like a warrior, his passions aroused like a fighter. He will give the war cry, raise the shout of victory over his enemies. So while Christ and Joseph came forth in their ministries, like lambs, and were led to the slaughter. In their second ministries, they come forth as warriors and as lions. And many will miss them because they know not the scriptures and they are looking for the wrong thing. They're looking for someone who will be weak. Verse 14, for a long time, I have been silent, keeping still and restraining myself. But now I will scream like a woman in labor and breathe hard and fast all at once. I will lay waste mountains and hills and make all their vegetation wither. I will turn rivers into dry land and evaporate lakes. 
this all carried out by the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And that's why God must provide for his people on the end time exodus, because there will be a state, a state of utter privation and deprivation upon all the face of the earth. Then I will lead the blind by a way they did not know, verse 16, and guide them in paths unfamiliar. The darkness confronting them I will turn into light, and the uneven ground make level. These things I will not fail to perform. Isaiah 49. Starting in verse 1. Hear me, O isles, listen, you distant peoples. Jehovah called me before I was in the belly. Before I was in my mother's womb, he mentioned me by name. This is the Lord's end time servant announcing his qualification to be the Lord's end time servant. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hath hid me. He has made me into a polished arrow. In his quiver, he kept me secret. And as a cross-reference, History of the Church, Volume 5, page 401. I am like a huge rough stone rolling down from a high mountain. And the only polishing I get is when some corner gets rubbed off by coming in contact with something else, striking with accelerated force against religious bigotry, priestcraft, lawyercraft, doctorcraft, lying editors, suborned judges and jurors, and the authority of perjourned executives, backed by mobs, blasphemers, licentious and corrupt men and women, all hell knocking off a corner here and a corner there. Thus, I will become a smooth and polished shaft in the quiver of the Almighty. Isaiah 49, verse 2. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand. He hid me. He has made me into a polished arrow or a polished shaft. In his quiver, he kept me secret. And that same verse from the King James. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hath hid me, and made me a polished shaft in his quiver hath he hid me. Back to History of the Church, Volume 5. And thus I will become a smooth and polished shaft in the quiver of the Almighty. Who will give me dominion? Notice the future tense. Over all and every one of them. That did not happen in his first ministry. It does happen in his second. When their refuge of lives lies shall fail, and their hiding places shall be destroyed, while these smooth polished stones with which I come into contact become marred. And Isaiah 11. Again, I'm going to read from the King James for these verses. Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 12. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Well, who is the him in verse two? Well, the him in in verse two is the rod that comes out of the stem of Jesse and the roots of the stem of Jesse. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the rod and the roots. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. Now, who is being talked about? The same one as referred to as a little child in the next verse, verse six. And the wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Well, these animals, both the clean and the unclean, are examples of Israel being gathered out from the four corners of the earth unto new and old Jerusalem. And who shall lead them? One as a little child, i.e., he who is referred to as a rod out of the stem of Jesse and his roots. And verse 9, and they shall not hurt nor destroy all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So again, who is this root out of Jesse who shall come forth to stand as an ensign of the people to whom the Gentiles or the Latter-day Saints who are willing to repent and return shall seek? His rest shall be glorious because he will enter into the Lord's rest first, and then he will teach all who come after him how to enter into the rest of the Lord, and he will make it possible by opening again the heavens and ushering in the dispensation of the fullness of times. And it shall come to pass that in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. He will set his hand again a second time or his hand will come in a second ministry to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pothros, from Cush, from Alam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and the islands of the sea. Or in other words, the Lord will extend his hand to recover his people from the four corners of the earth, and there will be no place on the face of the earth that the Lord's hand is too short to deliver. For everyone who is a humble follower of Christ and is willing to enter into covenant with him and do the things which they will be commanded will be delivered out. So who is this root to come out from the stock of Jesse, from the stem of Jesse? 
Who is this rod out of the stem of Jesse? Well, let's turn to the Doctrine and Covenants. Let's turn to DNC 113. Verse 1. Who is the stem of Jesse? Spoken of in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth verses of the 11th chapter of Isaiah. Verily, thus saith the Lord, it is Christ. Christ is the stem of Jesse. What is the rod spoken of in the first verse of the 11th chapter of Isaiah that should come forth out of the stem of Jesse? And again, verse 1 in Isaiah 11, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a servant in the hands of Christ, who is partly a descendant of Jesse as well as of Ephraim, or the house of Joseph, on whom there is laid much power. Or, as we read in 1 Nephi 13, who shall bring forth much of my gospel. Why much? Because the restoration was cut short under his first ministry. This is Joseph Smith in his first ministry. And the reason that in verse 2 it says he, because he comes forth birth both in a first and second ministry. Now regarding his second ministry. What is the root of Jesse spoken of in the 10th verse of the 11th chapter? Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a descendant of Jesse as well as of Joseph, to whom rightly belongs the priesthood. We're told over and over again that the keys that were given to Joseph would not be taken from him in his first mortal life or thereafter. Unto whom rightly belongs the priesthood and the keys of the kingdom. For an ensign, the ensign is the Lord's end time servant. And for the gathering of my people in the last days. Well, who was the given the keys to the gathering of Israel? It was Joseph Smith. Now, some will say, well, so was John the Revelator. And that is true. They were both given the keys to the gathering of Israel, but in different capacities. Joseph was given the keys to the gathering of Israel to bring all who would into the church of Christ. John was given the keys to the gathering of Israel's that he might bring all on the end time exoduses who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost into the church of the firstborn. And thus, both were given the keys, both to work with different um, or the people of the earth on different spiritual levels. First and second ministry of the end time servant. Now let's cross-reference Isaiah chapter 50. Verses 10 through 11. Who among you fears Jehovah and heeds the voice of his servant? Who, though he walk in the dark and have no light, trusts in the name of Jehovah and relies on his God? But you are lighters of fires, all of you who illuminate with mere sparks. Walk then by the light of your fires and by the sparks you have kindled. This shall you have from my hand. You shall lie down in agony. So all of those who say, I need no man. 
all of those who say, I can come unto Christ on my own terms. And I am completely sufficient to receive everything that is needed. I need no end time servant. Well, you lighters of fires, all of you who illuminate with mere sparks, walk by the light of your fires. And by the sparks you have kindled, you shall have from my hand, you shall lie down in agony. Back to Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, verse 1. Shine your light has dawned. The glory of Jehovah has risen upon you. Or in other words, a light has broken forth among them that sit in darkness, and it is the fullness of my gospel. Although darkness covers the earth, and a thick mist the peoples upon you, Jehovah will shine upon you who are willing to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Over you, his glory shall be visible, because he shall endow you with his light as you receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, and enter into his rest. Nations will come to your light, or the Lord will use you as a gatherer to gather Israel and to assist them in the path of ascension because you have submitted yourself to God and you have ascended. They're kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, look about you. They have all assembled to come to you. Your son shall arrive from afar. Your daughters shall return to your side. Then when you see it, your face will light up. Your heart swell with awe. The multitude of the sea shall resort to you. A host of nations shall enter you. A myriad of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All from Sheba will come, bearing gold and frankincense and heralding the praises of Jehovah. All Kedar's flocks will gather to you. The rams of Nebaroth will serve you. They shall be accepted as offerings on my altar. Thus I will make glorious my house of glory. Regarding the establishment of New Jerusalem and those servants who are sent out to gather Israel, to in turn come on an exodus and come unto the mountain of our God, entering into his rest, that they might also qualify to enter into the gates of New Jerusalem. All Kedar's flocks will gather to you. The rams of Nebaioth will serve you. They shall be accepted as offerings on my altar, and thus I will make glorious my house of glory. Who are these aloft like clouds, flying as doves to their portals? From the isles, they are gathering to me, the ships of Tarshish in the lead, to bring back your children from afar, and with them their silver and gold, to Jehovah Omnipotent, your God, to the Holy One of Israel, who has made you illustrious. Well, what does that mean? On the end time exodus. There are men who will ascend to the level of king and priest by receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, by entering into the Lord's rest, by having Christ present them to Father, and receiving the second order of Melchizedek priesthood and doing whatever is required that that priesthood might be sealed upon them. 
Once New Jerusalem is established, these men will be sent out to the four corners of the earth and will be able to travel by miraculous means, having the power to command the elements. And thus, like the end time servant before them, have the power to stave off the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and in turn, lead the peoples to whom they are sent back to New Jerusalem to administer the fullness of the everlasting gospel to them and those and effect a separation of wheat and tares among them, that the wheat may be gathered out on exoduses while the tares will be destroyed. Verse 10, foreigners will rebuild your walls and their kings will minister to you. Though I struck you in anger, I will gladly show you mercy. So as the Jews are gathered as the separation of wheat and tares is affected among the Jews. As the tares are destroyed, the wheat among the Jews will be instructed in the use of priesthood power, and old Jerusalem will become again a holy city. And it will be done by kings among the Gentiles. Your gates shall always, 11, remain open. They shall not be shut day or night, that a host of nations may be brought to you and their kings escorted in. And the nation or kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Such nations shall be utterly ruined. Or the peoples of the whole earth who will not receive the doctrine of Christ and the fullness of the gospel will not survive. The splendor of Lebanon shall become yours. Cypresses, pines, and firs together to beautify the site of my sanctuary to make glorious the place of my feet. The sons of those who tormented you will come bowing before you. All who reviled you will prostrate themselves at your feet. They will call you the city of Jehovah, Zion, the Holy One of Israel. So there will be those who initially rejected the fullness of the gospel, but because of what they suffer, will receive it. And finally, will be gathered out and they will be spared destruction also. Although you had been forsaken and abhorred, with none passing through your land, yet I will make you an everlasting pride, the joy of generation after generation. You will suck the milk of nations, suckling at the breasts of kings. Then shall you know that I, Jehovah, am your Savior, that your Redeemer is the valiant one of Jacob. Or... For over a thousand years, you have not known the fullness of my gospel, O Israel, and have wandered around in darkness. But finally, in the end times, a light shall break forth among you, and the kings and queens of the Gentiles, or those who were gathered out initially, as the strength of the Lord's house on the end time exodus, will be sent to the four corners of the earth to gather the rest of Israel to work with you, that you might be instructed in and have the opportunity to accept the fullness of the gospel and embark on the path of ascension, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the Lord's rest. This is what it is meant by you will suck the milk of the nations, suckling at the breasts of kings. Then shall you know that I, Jehovah, am your Savior. 
So this suckling at the breast of kings is that kings and priests are going to be sent out from New Jerusalem to the four corners of the earth to gather and to lead exoduses. Then shall you know that I, Jehovah, am your Savior. How shall they know that? Because they'll receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and be adopted as sons and daughters, and they'll enter into the rest of the Lord. And then they will know. Verse 17. In place of copper, I will bring gold. In place of iron, silver. In place of wood, I will bring copper. In place of stones, iron. I will make peace your rulers and righteousness your oppressors. Or in other words, there is, there will be no staying at the same level. There will be no plateauing during the times of tribulation. Either we will be ascending or we will descend to destruction. Copper represents the semi-precious. Gold, the precious. Or those who are at the Jacob Israel level, if you will accept the fullness of my gospel, you will receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus become Zion, Jerusalem, or elect. And you will go from elect or copper to sons and daughters or gold and silver. And I will make peace your rulers and righteousness your oppressors. Tyranny shall no more be heard of in your land, nor dispossession of or disaster within your borders. You will regard salvation, salvation being Christ as your walls and homage as your gates. No longer shall the sun be your light by day, nor the brightness of the moon your illumination at night. Jehovah will be your everlasting light and your God, your radiant glory. For you will be instructed in the ways of revelation and ascension, and you will enter into that gate, and you will enter into the rest of the Lord. Your sun shall set no more, nor your moon wane. To you, Jehovah, shall be an endless light when your days of mourning are fulfilled. Your entire people shall be righteous. They shall inherit the earth forever. These are those who qualify to enter into the gates of New Jerusalem. They are the branch I have planted, the work of my hands in which I am glorified. The least of them shall become a clan. The youngest a mighty nation, I, Jehovah, shall hasten it in its time. God will not forget. He will not abandon his people. He will send the fullness of his gospel to them. First among the Latter-day Saints and from the Latter-day Saints who accept the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it is our privilege to become laborers in the Lord's vineyard to proclaim the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth. To participate with our God in the preparation of this earth for the return of Christ in his glory. So my testimony, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.